0: Well, I'm glad that uh, Mike accepted the, the, the invitation to work together. I think he brings uh, a combination of wisdom, uh, knowledge, understanding on a number of topics. And so I'm grateful that you, d- you agreed to join this little, uh, this little reflection today on Ephesians. So we're here together to, to look at this passage. Pardon our informalness. Um, what we aren't in physical position, we hope to be in conviction. (laughs) So so may the Lord help us to hear whatever he has to say for us this morning. I'd like to invite you, Mike, to maybe give a little introduction to this book. For sure,
1: yeah. Yeah. So uh, Rick asked me probably a month ago to to consider this, and I, I thought, sure, you know, so what passage and and when he uh when he emailed me and told me this passage i'm like okay so i started back at uh, ephesians 1 1 and read through the whole book many many times trying to uh, kind of uh, figure out where this particular passage falls in paul's entire message and I think we would be doing a disservice to it if we didn't actually back out just a little bit and look again at kind of who Who is the man who is writing this? Um, you know we, we think Paul and no one can say Paul without at least thinking the Apostle in their mind uh, so this this was the Apostle Paul writing this Uh, to the the church in Ephesus But even before that who was Paul Paul was Saul transformed Paul was a man who persecuted Christians and now here he is the messenger to them Um, Gentiles the, the Gentiles yeah And uh, so here's a man whose life is radically, radically transformed. Once a persecutor of of Christians, probably seen by the Pharisees in Jerusalem as like the super Jew. Um, You know, and and even Paul himself says that, you know, I did all those things. I followed all those rules, the regulations. Uh, He walked the walk of of a Jew above Jews. now he is known as to the pharisees as um, a preacher of christ and in acts 21 27 just before paul's arrested in jerusalem he's uh he's even associated with in the in the temple he's associated with the ephesians there's this man who is defiling the temple from ephesus and uh the assumption was that Paul brought him along, and so they, they, uh, the the Pharisees were were quite upset with that. So that's Acts twenty one. If you want to uh, read kind of um, some background on that, but Paul introduces himself back in one one as Paul the apostle. And as I said, it's hard for us as believers now and and those who have read the scriptures to to think of him as as anything other than that. But specifically in our passage in chapter three, he starts off uh, identifying himself as a prisoner.
0: So we have in this uh, in this little out- outline we're working on um, together in missions. Uh, we're looking at the messenger, which is Paul, and then we're going to be looking at what was his message, and then also the mystery that was involved there, mm-hmm. and uh, I think there's a little more here than, uh, than we've already said so far, so don't fall asleep. I yeah. think that you'll find this kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, and, and we, it does kind of go back and forth, uh, but, you know, when Paul identifies himself as a prisoner, he's not speaking metaphorically. He's not speaking in, you know, some kind of figure of speech, hyperbole sort of thing. He, he's actually in a Roman prison, um, so, again, historically, it's not in, in, in this passage, but think, the Romans. Who were they? What, what did they do to their prisoners? I mean, what, we know what they did to Christ. These were, you know, this prison was not, not like Club Med, Florida, Fort Lauderdale, weekend passes sort of thing. This, this was a hardship. This was, you know, I am in chains. When he says, I, I'm in chains, he was in chains. Not, not, just, uh, not just a figure of speech. Um, but the other thing that we find uh, moving on a little bit in verse 8 is he is a willing participant in this. He is humble uh, in his approach to this um, this, this position of being, being put in, in chains. He looks at himself as the least of the saints. Mm -hmm. So he is in prison. His view of himself is, is kind of least of the saints. And I think that this is important to, to get a glimpse into, um, into his message. And uh, so he's not coming as in a stance of, I am the apostle, Paul, you know, up here, so you need to listen to me. His, his, uh, his message is one from a stance of submission and humility.
0: Yeah, and on that, you know, um, it's a good lesson for us all, right? To, uh, to think of, what's, what's my... Uh, what's my uh, way of carrying the gospel um, so that it be uh, with the humility that we see in Paul uh, as you said the prisoner um, uh, and then he, in, in other verses here he refers to the grace it, it was a gift of grace to even be this servant to the Gentiles so yeah he is taking a humble position on that and yet not a victim because you know, he says prisoner of Christ so quite an interesting thing that he's not considering himself anybody's victim. And I think that's a helpful, helpfulness in our day uh, because we all have, potentially, uh, hurts from our past. And then uh, we could feel like, uh, where was God when that happened? I don't know if you've ever had that conversation with God. I had that conversation with God. <laughs> God, if I'm supposed to forgive this person, where were you when that happened? Uh, You know, and so, uh, but Paul uh, had processed his stuff enough to get to the place where he was able to say he was a prisoner of Christ. So he saw the sovereign hand of God in what happened in his life such that he was able to let go of an attitude of bitterness by getting a corrected attitude about how great God is and God has sovereign purposes and all the things that He allows or, 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 or whatever He coordinates to happen. Or it's hard. We don't want to put attribute evil to God, but certainly He has that ability to turn the evil things for good in our exactly. lives.
1: you yeah. yeah and, and kind of coloring outside the lines here, uh, going to chapter four, the beginning of, of that chapter, again, he, he, I think he, um, he states it again his stance or his position um, as a prisoner but also he talks about um, kneeling an attitude or a position of kneeling before the Lord which which is uh, you know just kind of a reiteration Um, and as Rick already mentioned his his this is all coming for the purpose of Christ An eternal purpose in chapter uh, or in chapter 3 verse 11 this was according to the eternal purpose he says it like very clearly Um, you know for Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness so I I, I think the part of part of why he is willing to submit himself uh, as as the Apostle Paul Not not demanding because he was a Roman citizen But not demanding that that he be let free, but he's willingly submitting for the purpose that the Ephesian church Can see that boldness and be bold um, and even confident in uh, in the message and who Christ is and that that's that's kind of a long kind of introduction, but um, it, it just tees up the message which uh, he has and he says briefly mentioned so in the first two chapters that's briefly mentioned uh, and he carries on in, with with the message
0: thanks and uh, and the leaders suffering for the gospel uh, is the congregation's glory That's a helpful thing, I think, to remember for leadership and congregation. Leadership suffering uh, for the gospel is the congregation's glory because it's kind of like God's vote of confidence. You're worth it. (laughs) Gentiles, you are worth it. Jews, you are worth it. Uh, These chains are a testimony to God's eternal purpose in you becoming a part of the body. Uh, Praise God. You know, if, if this whole scenario hadn't shaken down, we would still be trying to figure out how to be good Jews. Well, not, th- not a bad thing, but, you know, it was a little bit burdensome and pretty shadowy. <laughs> and thankfully, the shadows all got fulfilled. The anti-types, or however you say that, my, my teacher from Bible school would be able to help me find the words better, but the anti-types all found their type in Christ. He fulfilled all those things, so it's quite an exciting uh, reality for us in in, in this uh, yeah. se-
1: and, and one other thing too that if uh, in studying a specific passage you you back out and you read the larger context of it something that you will see repeated over and over is paul paul's use of for this reason it's repetitive he says for this reason for this reason for this reason um throughout the first three chapters and so the first thing that I think of when, you know, for this reason, and then he carries on with the message, first thing that I think is, what reason exactly? Someone, someone whispered it. Um, and, and so I encourage you in small groups, I think it is one of the questions that is, is added uh, in, the, in the small group questions, is to actually find those statements for this reason it's a connectivity throughout it's not just paul rambling here and there and and, and all over the place this is a very specific thread that he is weaving throughout uh, the this message to us um as gentile believers mm-hmm.
0: um verse 8 um, is paul's reference to being commissioned to bring the unsearchable riches of christ to the gentiles the gospel of christ to the gentiles we talked a little bit earlier about what the gospel is and so we won't repeat that right now um he was also given this second aspect uh which is found in verse nine which is this fellowship it's not the fellowship of the ring it's the fellowship of this mystery to the, to all or to everyone so uh so there was there was uh a message specifically for the Gentiles, but there was also a desire for everyone to understand what God was doing in history. Uh, and, then, and I think there's a further step, and we'll get into this now, into this mystery, I think. We'll move into mystery. Um, that through the gospel, the Gentiles are three things. Do you notice them there? Um, I believe it's verse 6. Uh, they're heirs together with Israel. Uh, they're members together of one body and they're sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Now, um, we could think of heirs as opposed to you know, foster children, as it were, not to say that there's anything wrong with being foster children, uh, but the, op- the opportunity to be adopted into God's family, to become co-heirs is really a privilege that we all receive through the gospel. Um, members together of one body there are no more prostheses. <laughs> In a sense, the, the Gentiles were almost like prostheses being added into the body. Now the, the, there becomes one body, a, a united body, where everybody stands on equal standing. There's no more... Uh, now, again, I'm not trying to make any comments about prostheses today, but I'm just trying to use it as kind of an example. Uh, if I was to be a prosthesis or a big toe or a little toe, I would prefer to be a little toe, Right? <laughs> Because it's at least organic. And we all become organic members of the one body of Christ. So, uh, And then sharers together in the promise. Um, no longer kind of t- shirt-tail relatives, but uh, becoming a re- recipients of that promise uh, in Christ Jesus. Direct recipients. So kind of a surprise on the cosmic historical s- flow for the Jews to move... Sometimes accidentally or presumptuously from thinking we are the ones, we are the people, and the rest are the heathen, uh, to moving into a a mentality of, wow, you know, we really can't claim superiority here. In fact, God never had that purpose, but it was supposed to be a light for the Gentiles. God really did want to attract people, and now everybody's included equally.
1: Yeah, and this might also help us understand uh, other passages uh, in Acts where the apostles are coming together and having kind of debates about, you know, well, what what are we going to make these new believers, the Gentile Christians, what are, you know, how are we going to turn them into Jews? That was still partially the discussion, right, where, where circumcision, The sign of set-apartness for Christ or for God, Yahweh, of the Old Testament was still being debated. Do we make the Gentiles become circumcised in order to kind of be grafted in? And uh, I I think Paul is clearly stating um, in Ephesians and his other letters to the Gentile churches that that's not the case, that it's, it's simply christ in christ and in christ alone there is one one church one cornerstone um, christ and it it's through the jews and the gentiles that the walls of that holy temple are is being built um the yeah and
0: so you know the word inclusiveness has been a bit of a hot button topic in our day Um, because people think that the only way to use the word, or they could think that the only way to use the word is to say we put away our morals and we embrace everybody and pretend that there are no differences. Well, certainly we wouldn't want that to be the case in uh, spiritual Christianity. We have to have our, uh, our understanding of the convictions of scripture and, and, and I think then we have to decide, as good fishermen, uh, we've tried some fishing, and I can't claim that on the, <laughs> on the actual scale, we're the best fishermen. My kids are still waiting to catch some fish, although they've had a few online. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm still learning how to catch even the basic fish like Jack. But anyway, we're working on it. Um, in terms of our fishing, uh, how are we fishing in the public pool? Right? Uh, you know, we use spoons for fishing jack. And then there's three prongs. And I have had a very successful trip that I can tell you about someday to, uh, to Lac La Biche and Heart Lake with Nick Bobasell, if any of you knew him. And uh, he guided us around the lake and we caught a lot of fish, but I won't go into that all right now. But, but how are we fishing in the public sphere? Like, do we put a three prong hook that's a foot wide on a tiny little lure? You know, we have to be a little careful because we need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So while we have our, and hold our convictions and we don't hide our convictions, our, our, we have to decide what our principal convictions are. And Jesus Christ is Lord, is a, is a principal conviction, and we hold that. And yet, is the first thing people bump into the issues-based factors or is the first thing people bump into grace? Jesus was full of grace and truth. And then as people pull in, draw near to God, he will draw near to you, they're going to be confronted with the brilliance of Christ. And so we, do have, we, do want, we don't want to hide that, but we don't want to rush out and beat people over the head. Now, Paul said, by all means, may Christ be preached. But if we have a choice, let's try to be as gracious as possible, and then as people come closer, they can get to know our convictions, and we can guide them through to full commitment to Christ.
1: Again, if we jumped immediately to chapter 4, 5 and 6 in Ephesians and that's all that we taught We'd have no foundation We'd have it would be more moral teaching because if if you look at chapter 4, it's talking about being unified Walking in love then there's instructions to husbands and wives and children and parents and masters and and slaves all of that falls down without the first three chapters. And I, I I look at three chapters of introduction. And the interesting thing, too, is if you look at again outside of the lines, it's not the passage we're we're looking at directly, but what are the last words of chapter three? It's a benediction. We use this all the time at the end of our services. Paul uses it as a kind of a massive exclamation point on. The message of christ and the unity of the jews and the gentiles now and so how are we going to live how are we going to walk we are going to walk together in unity so the word words that paul is uh, initially speaking there about unity of the body is, is he's like all people of the world walking together in unity And uh, I'm not sure who gets the privilege of teaching through the the future passages, but the the first three chapters are a long introduction, again, setting that foundation that it's in Christ. From the beginning of time, that was the plan.
0: Yeah, one Lord, uh, one faith, one baptism, um, the headship of Christ, God's purpose to bring all things under the headship of Christ. And then... Uh, there's this kind of. Uh, I'm thinking of maybe going with wisdom and the wisdom and thing first, but uh, we have this little uh, contrast. The wisdom of God was made known to the to the heavenly beings, and I did a little bit of a a little bit of a research into that. Um, you know, if you if you flipped over to chapter, uh, okay, let me just look at my notes here. Chapter 1, verse 21, God the Father seated Christ far above the rulers and authorities. Now, principalities and powers is another way. But we're looking at two words that you could either say principalities and powers or rulers and authorities, depending on the translation. But he seated far above. Now, chapter 6, verse 12. We wrestle not against, what is it? Same pair of words. The Greek, it's the same pair of words. Our spiritual warfare is with the same powers. Now, there's actually two more mentioned in the, in the Ephesians 6 list. But Christ is far above these. Um, verse three, Chapter 3, verse 10 is the passage we're in where his manifold wisdom of God is shown to these rulers and authorities. Now, then if we flipped over, if you have it there, it's easy enough, you could flip to Colossians 2. Um, Colossians 2. And the verse 15 there. And we have here the Roman a Roman custom, uh, at least it's a parallel to a Roman custom, in which the returning leaders the victorious leaders would parade the enemy the defeated enemy at the front of the at the front of the procession coming back from victory and go into the town parading the victims or the, the defeated enemy in shame the shame of loss so here we have jesus making a public spectacle of who Again, the rulers and authorities. Same two Greek words. Pretty fascinating, I think. So through this, through this you know, this strike of, this, of, you know, of the cross, or through this power of the cross, Jesus' victory in uniting everyone under one head was a, was a public display. It says through the cross there, Colossians 2 was a public display of the wisdom of God. Now, one thing is wisdom, another thing is glory. If if God's work at the cross in unification was wisdom, what is God's work in the unity of the body? It's glory. God is more glorified, as I got this out of the the NIV study notes, God is more glorified by a unified church, a united church. They will know you are Christians by what? By your love for one another. If, we're, if, you know, if the love is blazing, the light is brighter. And so it brings us to the question, uh, and that's going to be in your small group discussions, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how is our congregation at loving one another? That kind of sets the, if you had a dimmable light bulb in your house, <laughs> you can scale it based on the amount of love, right? If, if, it's, if it's full love, full engagement, full maturity, then it's blazing. So do we have anything to work on? It's just a question I think we all need to ask ourselves, individually and collectively. And we all have a part to play in helping that to happen. Isn't that right? We all have a part to play. Like, I can't do it alone. I can sit here with my arms open. And I'm not mature enough to do it all by myself. I'm still growing too. But we all all have a responsibility to say, wherever I see it failing, if this love is flickering over here, I need to figure out how can I engage that and bring it to flame you know and and as a body we can grow that way
1: yeah just to key key in on that the uh the word wisdom all through the first three chapters i I know we're kind of like i said i'm coloring outside the lines a little bit today all through the first three chapters that paul's paul's kind of set up he's he talks repeatedly about the wisdom the wisdom of god the wisdom of christ and uh Again that anytime it's something is repeated and repeated and repeated I think that that is a really good thing for us to kind of take a back step and uh, or uh, pause and Really look at it because that wisdom of Christ The plan of God from the beginning that wisdom is the foundation if we do not have that cornerstone firmly understood in our minds then everything moving on as I've already said just falls down as as moralistic teaching and when when there's any pressure against it uh, it collapses it's just a house of cards without without uh, the wisdom of Christ because it's just wisdom of man after that and uh, we know where that comes from (laughs) our heart which is deceptively evil
0: and then all of this is made manifest to the demonic realm so if have you know in the north in the north American uh reality with our uh media availability and other things um, the tangibles can blur or or almost eliminate from our consciousness the invisible and uh and so I think we have in this passage the invitation to recognize that. We don't live in a conc- We don't live merely in a concrete time and space. We live in a we live in a cosmic, spiritual, sphere, in which I will build my church. Christ said, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What are gates for? They're for protection. the ch- The gates of hell will not be able to resist the penetration of the glorious synergy of the body of Christ as we reflect God's love, sorry, we reflect God's love between each other and to the world. May God help us to press into God, press into unity, discipleship, mutual edification, equipping, and press into evangelistic relationships, become fishers of men.
1: yeah the 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 mystery that that Paul kind of reveals here is that the gentile nations are just as much loved by God as the Jewish nation and that they are just as much heirs with Christ in in uh, in the inheritance and so for today with a a, a missions emphasis uh, I think, again, we need to just take pause and think, is, is there any place in my heart or my mind where I resist that? Like we, I don't know, I kind of have stopped watching the news because it's driving me crazy right now. With all of the, the supposed racial tension and I, that, that's in our society, Um, we as a church from from even just these first few chapters, there's zero place for that in our body. Stepping away from that, or next step from that, is to go and reach those other nations. And if we step into those other nations trying to make them Jews, so to speak and just say you have to be like me then we're no different than than what paul is speaking against here and and again this is entire courses of studies at bible college and seminaries about uh you know theology of missions and that and o- i think only we in meditation and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal in our own hearts and in our own minds, are we do we have that that uh that understanding of the gospel that says, "You can come and be a Christian, but, but you have to wear these clothes and sing this kind of music and uh, Rick and I in our in our discussions, I don't remember which day, but I was kind of laughing because I said. Uh, Go be a missionary in Latin America and tell them drums are bad Right and I grew up with that drums are evil. They're bad. They're you know, they're some people even said demonic So there is cultural differences, but um, But is there that barrier in my ability to reach out to the nations to go and and uh, show the love of Christ, and only that, and not my own cultural baggage from what I you know I've been born into and raised with in Canada.
0: Well, reflect on and and uh, and uh, we'd encourage you to hopefully this produces some conversations in your small group this week. If you're not in a small group, I don't think it's too late. Uh, we're still looking for some small group leaders. If you actually can get to Jim on that, he'd be glad to plug you in. And, uh, and may God bless you in your week. If you're not in a small group, uh, you know, coffee is possible with... It's <laughs> as simple as a phone call, uh, whether we have to sit at a further distance or not. Uh, but uh, I encourage us to keep engaging each other as a congregation, you know, because uh, sometimes there's people outside the circle... Uh, of of a typical contact that could use uh, we just need each other right so may God help us with that well thank you again Mike for for joining uh, today on this and uh, and I'd like to invite the uh, worship group up again and, and let's sing together before we before we say goodbye